Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. You're listening to Women and Leadership Podcast, Episode 70. Hi, welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 70 and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and communication strategist, also known as the podcasting queen. Are you a new mum and a business owner who is thinking about returning to work? However, with everything that's going on for you, that just seems impossible. Well, according to my guest, when thinking about returning to work after having a baby, plan to do less than you think you might be able to do, knowing you can always do more later. Joining me on today's show is Ariana Tawada. Ariana is a maternal health consultant who works with experienced entrepreneurs who are becoming first-time mothers, helping them customize their maternity leave plan and return to work. She's deeply committed to providing ongoing, multifaceted support that meets the professional, physical, mental, social, and emotional needs of entrepreneurs as they baby-proof their business and navigate new motherhood. Prior to her consulting practice, Ariana worked on maternal health issues for over a decade as a health educator, a social worker in a mental health clinic, a reproductive health researcher, and a yoga therapist. And she draws from her expertise as a maternal health professional, combined with her experience as a business owner and mother to provide highly personalized services to expecting entrepreneurs so that they have the tools and information they need to make informed decisions and take action when it comes to balancing their business with a new baby. Now on today's show, Ariana is going to share how work-family conflict, struggle and challenge can help us hone in on what really matters to us in our personal and professional lives. She's going to be talking about how the learning curve of growing a business directly relates to the learning curve of becoming a new mother, as well as the difference that strong support networks make in our personal and professional lives. So welcome to the show, Ariana. Thank you so much for having me, Anne-Marie. Becoming a new mum is just full of, um, you know, incredible insights. I mean, it's just beautiful that you bring this lovely little baby home. And then if you're running a business and all of the things that goes with that too, I can just imagine it's just a minefield full of choices and stress and anxiety that a young mum is going through. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there is so much new happening. Mm. And you hinted that for 
for someone who, you know, might identify as a little, a little type A, just as usually very in control and on top of planning and setting goals and achieving those goals, it can be a little overwhelming to feel so out of your element all the time. Yes, yes. And I recall back, I mean, my three kids now, the youngest is 22, but I remember um, when I had my little ones and I, I balanced kind of um, my business and, and then their kinders as they got older in school and everything, it really is a lot of pressure and you'd often sit there with bubs thinking oh I really need to do this need to do that and so that whole kind of guilt and I really should be doing this and that sometimes you really have to remind yourself live in the moment what am I doing now with my baby then I can go back so I'm really glad that you're here to share because I'm sure many young mums who are also entrepreneurs can uh, find incredible insights so let's talk about how work family conflict the struggle and challenge can actually help us hone in and what really matters to us in our personal and professional lives sure so I will speak to this a little bit from personal experience as well as from my work because it's definitely something that I went through. You mentioned you have three kids and I have I have a 20-month-old right yeah. now and so I'm very much in the thick of it, <laughs> um, which is fun in some ways because I get to become my own client. Mm -hmm. So I definitely identify with a lot of the women that I have worked with and currently work with in terms of feeling like there is so much to do and I, you know, barely inch forward on a day-to-day -day basis. And that feeling of really almost feeling like there is just not enough time, mm. <laughs> not enough time in this particular day, in this week, in this month. Um, and so reminding myself that it's a season in which I might be moving a little slower and mm. that challenge of doing less than I think I might need to do or than I'm imagining myself doing um, and readjusting to the new the new normal, if you mm -hmm. will, a new normal uh, level of productivity, the new normal level of setting goals that may take me longer to achieve or setting setting up time in a way that is different than I might have worked before baby. Mm. So these are all things that I experience and um, and that I'm sure you in your in your child rearing days experienced and that folks listening yeah. might have experienced or be experiencing. Yeah, I uh, absolutely can, can relate to that. And I remember when I left the hospital with my first baby, the midwife there or one of the nurses said to me, let the cobwebs grow. Don't worry about those small things. Enjoy the time with your little one because she, I had a, my first child was a daughter, said she will be grown up before you know it. And uh, now she just turned 26 and I tell you what, it really has uh, flown by. What can often happen though, as you said, is, is we're type A, we can be thinking about all of the things that we need to do. Something else that I have found that I always used to struggle with, we don't realize just how much time something t does take to do. And if we're a little bit sleep deprived as well, because let's face it, you know, it would be lovely to be able to put baby to sleep and have six to eight hours of uninterrupted sleep, but that just often doesn't happen either. We need to ease up, don't we? Set realistic um, goals, timeframes to really give us that space, yes? Exactly. I mean, I kind of as a rule of thumb whenever I'm working with someone or even reminding myself uh, of a task that needs to be done or a project that needs to be planned out. We often think of what it would take us 
in terms of our, if we have a new baby, what would it, what would it take the old us, the pre-baby us, the, the, you know, non-maternal <laughs> businesswoman inside of us to how long would it take that person? And we need to reframe and maybe mm-hmm. add a few weeks or days or hours onto what the the time allotted for that particular task or goal or project might be. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, when baby is asleep and we do have some things to, that we want to do, scheduling rest time for us ourselves is also very important. And even um, now, you know, without having to, to worry about little ones, you know, if we, stre- if we stress out too much and we put too much time in the time frames that we have, we just not productive so I guess what I'm saying is if there is time and and you don't cram it full of you know your to-dos and things for clients take that rest when you do go back to work you're far more productive and things don't take necessarily that long because you're not sleep deprived and deprived and so tired have you found that too I definitely agree with that and I mean one way that I frame it is that we're playing the long game and there is no healthy business, healthy financial growth in the long term if there is no taking care of the business owner in the short term. So mm-hmm. taking care of yourself as a business investment for long term uh, growth and flourishing of your work is is important. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love to share uh, some insights around how the learning curve of growing a business directly relates to, to, relates to the learning curve of becoming a new mother. And one thing I want to share before you dive in and, and, and share your insights, you know, often as women, and, and maybe this is just me, I don't know, we look at other women or other women in business, other young mums or other mums who are juggling business. And what we can often do is compare what we're achieving and what we're able to do with what they're able to do. It's so important that we don't do that. Talk a little bit about that for for, for young mums who are comparing themselves to other young mums who may be experiencing things a lot differently. Comparison was one of the key things that will often really drag us down, yes? Yes, comparison and the social norm that we quite honestly have of not revealing the the not so pretty parts of motherhood. Mm -hmm. So you might not see a whole lot of examples of moms who are really struggling prior to to being in the thick of that struggle yourself. Mm. And so, so many women can end up feeling alone in that immediate postpartum period, maybe all the way through the first year of the child's life if you haven't seen examples and aren't surrounded by other women who are in that exact stage, it can seem like everyone else is having an easy time learning how to be a mother (laughs) when really, if we were to be a little more honest in our dominant narratives as a society, we would see that it is, it is hard in different ways for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Those Instagram photos where you see a beautiful clean kitchen and a smiling baby, but then behind, and then we're thinking, my goodness, my kitchen is just in an uproar there's clothes everywhere that needs to be put away and washed. it's so true I mean we didn't have social media in the back in those days in fact and here I am showing my age mobile phones were only just starting to become the new normal back then you know if you had a mobile phone it was like wow so we didn't have all of that sharing but now it's just we're just bombarded with it and we certainly can start to compare what other things have you learned and you're you know you've got a beautiful 20 month old what are some of the things that you've learned becoming a new mom and then juggling your business as well. Sure. So 
I would say that some of the things that I learned in the past, I've been self-employed for the past five years. So mm -hmm. the things I learned in running my own business really helped me figure out how to address similar challenges or parallel challenges in motherhood. So one example that I always like to give is that in business, if I was going through a major business shift or a launch or a pivot in my business, I knew that I needed support, support in the form of maybe my assistant would pick up some tasks, uh, extra or new tasks that she hadn't previously done. Maybe I would reach out to my coach and get some strategic uh, guidance on decision making. And so I learned that motherhood in some ways also has that element of when a transition happens, you need support and mm -hmm. maybe some strategic insights. So having the go-to people in the same way that you would have in your business, but having those people in the realm of motherhood is so helpful. I like to think of them as kind of your, your, your support network for life and work all wrapped into one. Mm. I think sometimes we, we can expect so much from ourselves and yet if we were to replace ourselves with someone else the things that we expect from ourselves we would never put so much pressure on other people people who are close to us people who, who we loved and it's such a great reminder that there are people who are around us who love us who would love you know would more than happily step up and support us if we only just ask so for, for many of us we struggle to to ask something else that i find that as women we can often struggle with again maybe this is just me uh, is being able to say no you know when people ask can you do can, i wonder can you do this or we'd love your support on that S being able to say no but in a very empowered way not feeling guilty about it that's something that i know back then that i learned and it's even a, a you know something that i have to stand firm now speak a little bit about that too what was that something that you learned as well and, and, and it's become stronger for you being able to say no and also asking for help? Yes, I don't think you're you're alone in <laughs> what you described your experience was figuring out how to direct people to be helpful. I think everyone wants to be helpful, mm. but sometimes the way people offer help may not feel that helpful to you as an individual. So being really clear, providing clear directions mm -hmm. on what are the things someone can do to be helpful. And I even go through an exercise that involves writing down all of the things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis that you know you might need a break from in those first few weeks postpartum. And having that on a list in the kitchen or next to the front door so that when visitors come, and say, oh, you know, what do you need anything or what can I help with? There's a list right there that you can refer to, even if you're sleep deprived and can't remember off the top of your head what, <laughs> what you might need help idea. with. You have that to refer back to. <laughs> I love that idea because that, that's right. And I mean, how often, I mean, ladies, write that list Put it where someone can see it or where it's easy to remember where you, you've popped it. And, um, you know, exactly. I mean, we would we would love to help. And, I mean, if it's hanging out washing, bringing a load in, whatever it might be, or even bringing something. I mean, this is something that often we'd run out of milk or food or something. Packing up a baby and everything that you need to go with it just to pop to the shops. I mean, that's an expedition and a half, isn't it? It's not like, oh, I'll just, you know, <laughs> pop to the shops. It really is an event. And then having to 
unpack and everything. And um, so that kind of thing I can imagine be extremely helpful if people can just support you in that area. Yes, groceries, home-cooked meals, clean clothes, washing dishes, mm. all very helpful things. Yes, yes. <laughs> and look, some of these things may seem quite simple, but I tell you, if those were things that on a daily basis were able to be managed by other people, it's just not a lot of weight on our shoulders and we need to worry about and we immediately can feel um, extremely, um, yeah, uh, able to then enjoy the time that, that we have. Now, we talked a little bit about strong networks. This is so important, isn't it? What were some of the things that you did? And, and maybe speak to uh, for women who may not necessarily have as much support network. And, and I'll share why. I mean, I my family, I'm, I'm in Australia and my family, most of them were either interstate, so not living in our local area, or in New Zealand, where I'm originally from. So I didn't have a lot of uh, support. What, what would you say to, to, to women who may be in that same situation? Sure. So I think that I, that is a really important and common reality in this day and age when when we are sprawled out across the globe and maybe mm. not near our our go to people. So family members or close friends that we would consider to be the people who we would lean on yeah. in in a time like this. So thinking about who beyond your your go to people can be kind of called in or invited into the fold. And I personally use a tool called an eco map, which is, uh, it's, you know, quite literally a visual map that you can use to draw out who is in your immediate community. So in your neighborhood or in your larger city environment or municipality mm -hmm. who are the individuals and also the community resources that might might be who you can go to in in that first few weeks or months um, after baby is born and as you're transitioning into your new role and mm -hmm. so that oftentimes means doing a little doing a little internet research figuring out are there local moms groups uh, are there um, places where new moms gather, are there cafes that are baby friendly? Are there places or groups or environments that you know would, would be welcoming to you and be able to provide uh, anything that you might need in terms of professional support as well? So sometimes that's lactation consultant or mm. uh, for women who are experiencing any mental health issues postpartum reaching out to support groups, and just beginning to think about what are the resources in your area that you may or may not need, but having them, again, written down in the event that you need them so that you're able to to have a good sense of what are the supports available to you. Yeah, that's great advice. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of groups on Facebook of, of you know, young mums or, or mums with, with multiple children. But one of the things, and I'd love you to speak to this, especially since, um, you know, you've got a background as a social worker in mental health clinic. Sometimes people in these groups can mean the best but the way that they did things with their own bubs may not necessarily re reflect the values or um, how other women may want to 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 raise their kids and 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 um, you know so 
what can often happen though is people can become very judgmental and critical and for a young mum who may be reaching out wanting to, to get support this can be really confronting so I'd love you to share a little bit about if this is someone's listening today and she's found herself in such a group where she does feel judged and it's, it's not supporting her what would what would you say to her yeah so I would say that you you want to find a community that is willing to mother the mother as opposed to try and mother the child. Mm. <laughs> so to dig, to dig a little deeper into that, it, it's really figuring out where are the spaces, whether they're online, in person, family, friends, um, strangers who are just you know the right people to have in your life, who are the people who are willing to stand behind you and support your decisions and help you in decision-making during a time where we often feel uncertain about the decisions that we make or are not sure if we're getting it right, right? Mm. That's kind of a constant <laughs> theme of, am I doing this right as a new mom? And so realizing who in, who are the people and places where you can find that unconditional support and a way to have your identity as a mom strengthened as opposed to questioned. Mm, so very, very important. And if you're not in that right community, get out of that community and find one that is there out there. And we'll certainly share with everybody, Ariana, how they can get in contact with you uh, because this is an area that you can support from the professional as, as well. And you've got such a wealth of knowledge. And the fact that you are uh, a mom and you've got a little 20 month, little bubs who's 20 months old. So you, you've experienced this too. So we've spoken, uh, you know, certainly about taking care of the, you know, you. That's so important because if you're not uh, feeling your best, you're not going to be able to give your best to buzz. But certainly um, things are going to take so much longer in the time that you are able to dedicate to your business getting support is very important too I'm sure we're all in no matter even if we're we're having young mum you know young baby or even now you know with older kids I'm sure there are things on our list that we do that should be outsourced that should be delegated so we need to really start to consider that Ariana what were some other things that you did if you think back and you were starting to plan put together a system or a plan or a process or some, just some steps to help you return to work in a way that really supported you and your family? Sure. So there's, there's so much. And <laughs> I'll start with something really simple, which mm. is simply tracking time and noticing how the time that we have what activities are being done mm -hmm. in in the time available to us. And that can be a really great way to kind of put on your detective hat and see the way that your time is being spent and then create a plan according to what might need to change. Mm. So if we see that we are spending a ton of time doing kind of administrative tasks or if we're spending, you know, all of our all of our time in our email inbox, then that can be a clue as to what needs to be handed off to, you know, someone who can take on that admin work, someone who can take on email inbox. These are just two examples I'm giving. Yeah. Um, but it can also be a good indicator of what can be automated to mm -hmm. some extent. So I like to go through the, you know, at least a full two days of the work week, see how that time is being spent and begin to say, what of these activities can 
be done by someone else and mm-hmm. delegated or outsourced completely? What of these activities can be automated and what could perhaps be batched? So what could I do that I'm doing kind of ad hoc here and there, spending a little bit of time on it, but that I could really benefit from just one day a week, having that be my focus. A lot of times that's podcasting or mm. writing content or doing interviews. Yes. I think that's brilliant you know those things delegate automate and and batch and sometimes what i do and and maybe this is a process that you do too ariana is if i find that i'm doing something um, and it's repeatable like the steps are repeatable then what i'll do is i'll kind of type them down maybe even on a google doc um the step by step and then i'll outsource that to to you know one of my vas and then that becomes a system that just you know stays in the cloud and then we can update that and um, make it even better better if we find a different way of doing things the automating i mean there's so many different tools around isn't there that even if something that we're not aware that can be automated just asking others you know if if there's something that's taking a lot of time a question hey has anyone else got a tool that can automate this it's incredible what we have at our fingertips so maybe it's asking you know what other systems or, or tools are they using do you have any favorite tools in your business that really have allowed you to automate some of the, the processes that you no longer now need to do because it's automated Yes, I have a few kind of basic things that yeah. help me save time in terms of just kind of the daily ins and outs of business. So a scheduling tool, mm-hmm. I use Acuity mm-hmm. uh, personally, which can also take payment and um, has an intake form built in. So all of the things that you know, I used to email back and forth or have a separate system for an intake or send an invoice uh, all is done through Mm. that one system for me. Uh, And another example is that I use I use the canned response feature in Gmail, which is what I use for my email, um, which basically allows you to create a a response uh, that is in kind of draft form that for things like frequently asked questions, or just things that you find yourself responding to Mm. (laughs) quite frequently. Uh, It allows you to have those pre-populated so you can just pull in the response when someone sends the question and it takes you about 30 seconds instead of retyping out the whole thing every time. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And who knows, maybe you just get to a stage where there are certain emails that you can actually outsource to um, to your, your VA. I remember many years ago I was involved in the career industry, Ariana, and what I did was I wrote three different scripted emails and then gave them to my VA and she would adjust and tweak to, to suit the needs of the, you know, the, the prospective clients. And it was so uh, incredible once she did. And then she would even have the sales calls for me. And then often the, the sales would just come through my email. And then it was obviously my turn. That was so empowering. And that was way back when I did have the little ones. It was so, yeah, it was one of the best decisions I, I made. But yes, definitely having that canned response. Are there any others that you really in, enjoy using because it helps you automate? Yeah, so I also am a big fan of Asana, the kind of uh, online project mm-hmm. management tool, uh, because there, as as I'm sure you you have in your business, there are often so many systems that have so many different steps, yes. and we're doing a lot of things simultaneously, and so that is 
kind of how I am able to have a set system with specific tasks and make sure that the process or the system is followed to a T and that Mm. nothing slips through the cracks. (laughs) So that probably saves me a lot of time and sanity as well. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Are there any other favorites? So those tend to be the ones that you really uh, are your go-to. Those are my go-tos. I did while I was out on leave on my maternity leave, I did hand off my inbox completely to my VA. Mm. So she did a lot of what I would typically do myself in terms of responding to interview requests or client inquiries, things like that. And so when I came back into working, uh, I was very part-time at first and then eventually increased my hours as my childcare increased and as my son got a little older. Mm. But I realized that it was nice to have her still cover some of those activities and not have to take those back on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a nice benefit is figuring out what needs to be handled by someone else while you are completely hands off during a, a maternity leave, for example, can end up being a great realization of things that you don't actually have to do that someone else could handle completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, once you have uh, delegated it, don't be getting it back. <laughs> Allow that staff member to continue uh, doing that for you so that, uh, well, you know what, as, as we said earlier, sometimes the best activity a mother can do is rest because if that it refreshes your energy, when you do sit down, maybe to do batching, I love batching, um, your productivity is just going to be far better. You'll feel better in yourself and your family will love you too, because that means that there's less anxiety, less stress, less, less pressure. I remember as my uh, children got older, Ariana, I'd uh, you know pick them up from school and, and they were very independent from a very young age. They had to be, because it's like, okay, I'm going to spend half an hour in just answering some emails or whatever it might be and then sometimes I would go back into the kitchen and they'd made themselves something to eat or whatever and I'd have to spend an hour cleaning up after them you know there would be peanut butter everywhere or soy sauce I don't know what but (laughs) I tell you what you just you really just have to laugh and smile because you know what as you said it's a season it's a season and before long you'll be able to um, you know have a laugh with your children remember when you did that and um, yeah but it's just enjoy them they grow up way too quickly. And um, I think everything that you share today is just so, so important. How can people get in contact with you if, if, if she's resonated with what you've said and she realizes that she needs some, some support and would love to know how to connect with you? What's the best way, Ariana? Sure. So my digital home on the interwebs is how I mostly get in touch with folks. So that is just my name, arianatabwada.com. It's not an easy name to spell. So <laughs> folks might want to refer to the to the show notes and the, yeah. the podcast links um, for that information. And we can also include a link to, to that eco map that I mentioned. It's a tool oh, that fabulous. I use frequently and have it packaged up in a little a little workbook that I'm happy to share. Yeah, absolutely. We'll certainly put uh, the links on the show notes. And to grab those show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash WIL70. Ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash WIL70, so 70. So Ariana, what would be one last insight that you would like to share with listeners today? 
So I would, for anyone who is going through this season of life of having uh, a major transition, new member of the family, you know, it might not be a newborn, it might be a different transition of sorts, but if you're going through a season where things are rapidly changing, I would reiterate what we talked about before in saying that reminding yourself that you are the backbone of your business and that supporting yourself and taking care of yourself and slowing down enough to accept help and accept kind of the, the self-care opportunities that you have in front of you, that those are key stepping stones to the longevity of your business and a thriving work life. Mm, it so is. It so is. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ariana. Uh, please, everyone, go to the show notes, click through and grab um, the resource that she's so kindly and generously shared, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash WIL70. Thanks once again for coming on the show thank you for having me and that does bring us to the end of another show please do go and get the resource and by the way if this is the very first time that you are joining us it has been a pleasure please subscribe to the show so that you'll be the first to know when another show is released hi it's Anne Marie have you enjoyed listening to the show and have thought about creating your own podcast so you too can become an influential voice in your industry, but you just don't know where to start? I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where you'll learn what you need to do to stand out, be heard and influence your audience from your very first podcast. I'm also giving you my step-by-step -step podcast production workflow checklist, including the tools I use, as well as a checklist of no-cost and low-cost tools to get you started. To access, go to annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.